I'm Liz. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Follow the Boat, in which we discuss what it's really like to give it all up to live on a boat. And go travelling around the world. We've been doing it since 2006, and we're still at it. Each week we talk about our latest YouTube video. And about boats, sailing, travel, or anything else which floats into our heads. And if you leave a comment we like, we'll give you an answer and a name check. Peace Peace and and fair fair winds. Okay, Elizabeth, this is the second week of our podcast, which was your project. And already I'm having to jump in and take control because uh, you've been shirking your responsibilities, young lady. Okay, that's so unfair because (laughs) it is still my podcast. You've just muscled your way in, bulldozed across me and decided it's going to be your episode this week. To be fair, this was a a bit of a setup because, of course, you have been busy this week uh, with admin. That's yeah. really what you've been doing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So um, normally I would do some prep for the podcast because <laughs> we've been doing so many of these, as you know. Now, normally I do some prep, but I haven't had time because of the admin. Mm. And the admin is all to do with our next phase, which is going to Indonesia. That's a 99.9% cert, everybody. We're going to Indonesia. Rah, rah, rah! But to get to Indonesia, you have to deal with an agent. And, and so... <laughs> That make that. I mean, when you say deal with an agent, that yeah. ma- actually makes it sound easier. Yes, in in practice, it isn't. In theory, it is because we've been to Indonesia several times and we've not used an agent and we've done it ourselves. And it's been fine. It's been well. It's never easy going into Indonesia, but it's always been fine. So anyway, because we've got an agent who's doing it all by the book, we've got to produce a whole lot of documents, getting hold of all the information and getting the correct information in the right order. Uh, has taken about three days and I ended up, I counted them up last night with 28 documents and if you remember you've been co- helping me compile lists, lists of drugs, lists of, I don't know, what else did you have to do lists of? You had to do lists have to do ship's declaration, so all the machinery that's on the boat. Um, that was, I uh, mean, <laughs> ship's declaration, if we really put everything we've got on the boat on a piece of paper it would take about three weeks, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think my impression with the admin here and uh, for Indonesia but also here as well because of course let's not forget every two months or so we've been having to update our visa in Malaysia and the amount of paperwork involved for that is ridiculous but my my thinking is is that this is really box ticking. Yes I agree with you I absolutely agree with you you've got to get it all right and the agent she I would send her stuff about I don't know insurance or whatever it was it wasn't quite right and she'd you know she'd send it back saying well we need this and we need that and this is what we need from we need bank statements of this that and the other and on and on and on it went and then eventually I worked out what she was trying to get from me and uh, once I knew exactly what it was she wanted then I was able to tailor the documents everything that they wanted. And I think what compounds the situation is that we are doing this with a number of other boats and I'm just thinking of the medical insurance for example you know there's there's a couple of other Aussie boats here and they were able to produce their Australian medical card or certificate that they're issued with and of course we have the NHS in the UK (laughs) but we don't have any kind of certificate so I I think when one boat submits a document that's pre-formatted in a certain way 
that sets the precedent for the expectations of the agent for the one that you're submitting. And if it doesn't look the yeah. same, then that's probably going to cause a few issues. Yes, that, that, uh, that was the problem, yeah. Um, mm. And also showing um, bank statements and so forth, because we've got money in various little bits around the place, and not very much of it as we keep going on about because of the, you know, we don't have as much as we used to because it's all been eaten up but over the last two years. But anyway, beside the point, I got there. I got there yesterday evening. And then I had a drink. Well done. <laughs> and what about your week then? My week? <laughs> well, really, it was about the generator. I can't remember if I mentioned. So, <gasps> of course, we should say that we went out for two days and two nights to anchor. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, no. that was the nice bit of the week. <laughs> really, we did that to test the systems, make sure nothing fell off the boat that's not supposed to. Mm. And uh, one of the things, of course, was the freezer. Now, that was something I mentioned in the podcast last week, our new portable freezer. And it was really to see how well that coped running off solar power and the lithium batteries. And we chose the two darkest, most dismal, rainiest days to do that, didn't we? No sun whatsoever, <laughs> so we got no charge at all. That was quite good, actually. Yeah, that we survived. Yeah, just. But uh, So the batteries, next morning I woke up and they're down to about 45%. So that's 45% of... 380 amp hours, but that's lithium, of course. Yes, and aren't we allowed to take them down to 10% or something absurd? 20 is safe. That. We have okay. accidentally taken it down to 10 once, but that's a yeah. That but it's okay. Um, but when you wake up next morning, you've got less than half capacity left. <clears throat> that um, it just concerns me a bit. So I got the generator out, which is our little portable Honda two kilowatt generator. Started it up, and well. It sort of charged the batteries, shall well, we say. It did though, didn't it? Because you let me stay on the computer all day. Yes, it, I th yeah. It, so what was happening was it was charging for 10 minutes yeah. and then it would cut out, not completely, it would go back to tick over and stop outputting power. There was clearly an issue with the generator. So we curtailed our trip, which was supposed to last a good five days at anchor and just came straight back because I had to take the generator in for a service. And this is where it gets complicated. Oh no. So I took it to a famous shop here where they're very good at uh, fixing these kind of things. And it's Chinese run. And when I got there, I said to the guy, this is an emergency. I really need this done as soon as you could, please, sir. And he said, it's Chinese New Year next week. Yeah. And all the generators you see on the workshop floor are also emergencies and have to be done before Chinese New Year. I guess we should emphasize the point that in Asia, Southeast Asia, Chinese New Year is a big thing. It's bigger than our Christmas and New Year combined, isn't it? It's yes. huge. Yes, it is. Um, yes, so Chinese New Year, I used to work for a Chinese company and we were manufacturers of clothing. And uh, when the factories shut down, they really shut down, they absolutely close and all the workers go back to their villages because for most of the time, they're working and living in and around the factory and uh, they're sending their money back home and they have that time, it's the only time of the year they get to go to go back and see their family. So China closes, the manufacturing absolutely closes. And I used to say to my buyers in the UK, if you need any orders, you need to get them to me by end of November, mid-December is the latest. And then they would be ringing me at the end of December, in January saying, we need this, Liz, we need that. And I'd say, You'd have to, you'll have to wait, mate. You know, and a lot of very unhappy buyers. So gradually had to educate them into understanding just how important China, Chinese New Year in China is. 
Now, it, I wouldn't say it's quite that severe here in Malaysia, but it's still um, a big deal. Yes. And, uh, well, I suppose some of the places will close down for two weeks. A lot of places don't. They'll just close for the weekend. But this guy, clearly, he was, he was not happy about yeah. it. It affects every country around here to some degree or another, doesn't it? Yeah, and it was affecting him because he... <laughs> he I put him on the spot. But anyway, he took it. And uh, yesterday... I got chatting to another guy in the marina who said he too could also look at it and seemed a bit more keen. So I thought I would go back to the workshop, pick up the generator to give to this new guy in the marina. Turns out they'd fixed it. Oh, what a man. Yeah. Ah, oh, and I know what it was. In fact, I predicted exactly what it would be. I predicted, yes. because I am brilliant at everything. You are the expert. <laughs> I predicted it would simply be because it was dirty. Yes and it needed a basic service. As we say in the yachting world, use it or lose it. And unfortunately, we're not using the generator enough, I guess, because our solar power is so efficient. And we've been stuck in the marina for a long time, so we're on shore power and we haven't needed to use it. Yep, very true. Uh, yeah, dirty carb, clean spark plugs, change the engine oil, and she's purring like a kitten. And that's wonderful. So before we continue, uh, just changing slightly here the subject, this podcast is supposed to be about episode 286. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, episode 286, which went up earlier this week, uh, which is all about diving in Sipadan. And the other thing we're going to talk about is the response we had to our very first podcast mm. last week, which has been amazing. Uh, but before we do that, is there anything else you need to tell me? Do I need to tell you anything? <laughs> There's always something I need to tell you. <laughs> But I love you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you tell me that every day, don't you? God, blimey. Uh, what, what else? Well, do you mean syndicating the podcast? Well, I, no, anything, really. Um, well, that's because that's the other thing I have been doing. Yes. Uh, is to syndicate the podcast and put it out there to all the aggregators and the platforms that serve up the podcast. OK, so this is for people who just want to listen to us and don't want to look at our ugly mugs. Yes, because I imagine, certainly at the beginning of this podcast, most people are going to discover it through our YouTube channel. Yeah. But of course, the point of this is really it's an audio podcast that we happen to be videoing. Yes. So we're putting out the audio podcast to all of those platforms. So Spotify, Apple, CastBox. Uh, and so you should be able to find it in all of those. And We've given it a new name. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. you can't forget that. Because yes. that was another brilliant piece of work from me. Genius that you are. Go on. <laughs> tell us about the name. Well, your idea that we needed to have a, a snappy name, just calling it Follow the Boat Podcast wasn't really going to be, isn't very sexy and wasn't going to attract anybody. So we sat here in the cockpit, you not drinking because you don't, but me maybe having a little snifter and trying to come up with a name. And we talked about lots of, you know, sailing idioms, travel idioms, general puns and this, that and the other. And everything you said, I thought was crap. <laughs> and, and everything you said was cheesy. Yeah. They were really bad, so it just shows you how important it is to talk things through. What do they call it? Head. What do they call it? I can't remember. Brainstorming. The olden, olden days. Olden day, yeah, brainstorming. We call it brainstorming. Brainstorming. Yeah. You put out all the words. So I was yes. doing that. I was writing down loads and loads of different things, loads of different things, and we were trying to decide what it's all about. And I was adamant that it was about not just being on a boat, but about travel, as you were as well. So we needed something encompassed all of that. Long story short, casting off is now the new name of our podcast and why is it brilliant it's brilliant because you came up with the idea dear 
That's why it's brilliant. That's a brilliant, it's a brilliant word, and it was kind of joint. We it, got there together. The, I mean, the first thing, of course, it plays on the worst podcast. Yes, Cast that's why off. I loved it so much. And for those that are perhaps not familiar, I think everyone is pretty familiar with the fact that this is a nautical term when you cast the lines. Of course, you are slipping the lines from your mooring and going off and leaving, yes. going off on your travel, on your adventure. To travel. So there you go. In, so you've got three things. You've got the travel, you've got the sailing, and you've got almost the word podcast in the title. So there you go. Well, the, Happy the, about that. The other thing I like is that it sounds a bit like sounding off. Casting yes, which, off, so we're sounding off here, we're sitting around the table of knowledge, sounding off. Oh, you sound off all the time, so that is a perfect reason to call it casting off. Yep. <laughs> Shall we talk about the podcast first? Last week's podcast. Yeah, or uh, do you want to talk about 286 first? Let's, okay, so we'll, let's talk about the episode first, because it was about diving, and we don't want to spend the whole of this cast talking about diving, but we should at least just have a chat about it yes i agree i agree because diving has become one of those things that we've learned to love greatly during lockdown isn't it mm. and as you saw from the video if you have watched it if you haven't why haven't you <laughs> yes uh that we benefited from lockdown yes. and the fact that we were the only people staying at Kapolei dive resort and visiting sipadan and mabul very few divers out there in the waters. When we first got there, we were the only ones there. So we were there for a total of six days. Was it five nights? I can't remember exactly. Yeah. And by the time we left, one or two others had, had arrived. But our first day in Sipadan, there was just us, wasn't it? For me, it was the best diving holiday, if not the best holiday I've ever had. The diving was literally out of this world. Well, not mm. literally, because it was on this world, but it was out of this world in my head. It was just an extraordinary place to be. Uh, everything I'd imagined that you could experience underwater. Of course, we had been to Sipadan last year when we did the rally. Yes. And back then, it was, I think they have a limit of 130 passes onto Sipadan Island itself a day. Oh, that's your phone. How annoying, <laughs> how unprofessional, yes, how? that really was, I should really? silence that. Uh, so when we last did it, for example, we said in the video, the bumphead um, parrotfish, humphead parrotfish, green humphead parrotfish, were in abundance there last year, but they kept scarpering off because there were so many other people. Mm. This year, of course, there was no one there except us five. And that's why we were able to get that magnificent footage of, you know, 50, 75 of them swimming past, Gosh, undisturbed. Yeah. Did you count each one? Is that how you came I, up with the numbers? No, no. The reason why I said that was because on the video I said about 20 or 30, and it's definitely at least 50. Oh, there's loads more than yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they just, it was like a, a motorway of yeah. them just going past. Yes, now, the fact that it was this year and no one's been to Sipadan all year, I think it affected the animals because they did not mind us at all. No. There was no skittishness at all. Obviously there's the shark, the, when the leopard shark came up to each of us in turn. I mean, I, he got so close to me I could have touched him or her, I don't know, uh, which was a bit of a shock actually, and then swam through all of us and, and checked each of us out. Not at all scared, just wanted, oh hello. What are you? I haven't seen any humans before. And then there was the, you didn't see it, but a turtle came out and it just swam straight towards me and we were nose to nose and it had a good old look at me and then leisurely swam away. And it was the same with the smaller fish. They didn't seem to mind us being there at all, did they? Mm. Absolutely extraordinary. Disappointingly, this video didn't perform as well as it 
has done. Oh gosh, that's so and, yes. Uh, this is so typical of our favourite videos. Always don't perform as well. I think partly because this uh, wasn't about sailing, of course. Yep. So a lot of subscribers to our channel want to see sailing. Well, as we say many, many times, we're also about travel. And we're not doing much sailing at the moment. <laughs> we're but, mainly about travel, I'd say. Yeah, but this episode for me was one of the single most magical episodes I've personally ever edited. And one of the few that I actually look back on uh, retrospectively. I think we'll be looking back on this for years, to be honest with you. Yeah. And there's all that footage you didn't use. You know, what oh, are we going to do with that? So much. Well, I have been thinking about putting together a little one-hour ambient chill-out music montage. Oh, wow. That will be really well received because people keep asking me, when are you going to do another one? When are you going to do another one? So if you get time, that would be great. Yes, that's the problem. It's just having the time to put those things mm. together. So... Yeah, I just I will look back on that as as you say. I think it wasn't just the best dive trip we've done, but it it's quite possibly one of the greatest holidays we've ever had. Full stop. What is it that makes it so great? For, I think for me, it's the close contact with nature. I have worked out that animals, particularly, and nature, are the thing that float my boat most. Mm. Also, the scale of them. You know, yeah. we've I've been taking lots of pictures now of nudies and the small macro stuff. But to be, I mean, we've seen turtles in the past, but the fact that there are, they're in abundance and they are unperturbed by your presence, that yeah. is the special yeah. thing, I think. The big animals that don't care less about you, you're so insignificant that they, you, don't, they don't even, you don't even feature in their lives at all. It was almost all I could do not to touch the turtles. Mm. You've got some with me right up close, you know, like a foot away, just lying next to them and looking at them. And I just wanted to hug them. <laughs> but of course, when you dive, you mustn't touch anything. Yeah. So I just sent loads of vibes of love towards these turtles every time I saw them. <laughs> oh. And the sharks. Sharks were fascinating as well, mm. particularly that leopard. Bump heads, oh gosh. It was amazing. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, look at it because uh, it's underperformed on YouTube. We don't know why, but we think a lot of people are missing out, don't we? Yes, I think so. Mm. And, and also, just a note on the gear that I'm using. Mm. That's a, an Olympus Tough TG6 compact camera. And that is what it is. It's a compact camera, but it's the best underwater compact camera you can buy. So you put it in a housing. And you so put you it in a housing. It. It's mm. waterproof anyway, down to, say, five metres right. without a housing. But when you go deeper, you need the housing. The cheapest half decent powerful video lights I could buy off AliExpress from China yeah and um, you use the GoPro as well don't you so yes I use the GoPro 10 which uh, is just that little bit better than the 9 and the 9 was good and the 10 I have to say in the shallower depths and also with a red filter produced some wonderful footage that I was very happy with. So at one point I'm actually filming with the GoPro but using the video lights mounted on the cage. So I'm holding the GoPro underneath so I'm using both hands. So this is I think probably some of the cheapest gear relatively speaking that you could buy and it just shows you that when you know how to use your tools properly you can produce some half decent stuff. Yeah. Imagine what I could do with say taking the Sony down there and a dedicated yeah. macro lens. Yeah, or one of those really powerful, really top-notch underwater cam video cameras. Yeah. Uh, one day, 
We'll save up. We'll save up for it and we'll get you on. But yes. in the meantime, I think your footage is fabulous. And if you look at the comments, although it's not been viewed by as many people as we'd like, the comments have been absolutely wonderful. And if anyone's listening now who commented, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry for interrupting, but while I've got you here, if you like what we do and you want to support us and become a Patreon or join us on FTB Mates or even drop a quid in the rum fund, go to followtheboat.com forward slash pub. Of course, come to the pub. Talking of comments on videos, yeah. I guess we should talk about last week's podcast, our first podcast in the series. Yes. Because that generated amazing <laughs> feedback. Yes, it did. Wow. Super, super positive, enthralled, so happy with the feedback. People seem to love it, and I don't know why, because it's just us two talking bollocks. Two twats talking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. But I knew we'd be able to do that, you see. What, talk bollocks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, there's so many things that um, when we sit down and read the comments, I just want to answer, and I try and answer, sometimes in more depth than I should. And it seemed an obvious way just to deal with all those comments and just talk about them to ourselves, you know, and let everyone see. So a bit of an experiment, but an experiment that so far seems to be going well. I think so. And are we going to make it a feature where we read some of those comments out? I think, yes, definitely. This should be a two, um, it's you and me, but it should be a two-way thing with people who are listening and watching. Yeah. Uh, just on that note, for the people who are listening who want to comment, we are not going to be able to scour all the different outlets, you know, whether it's Spotify or whatever, where you can leave comments, are we? So there needs to be a way for those people who are listening to leave a comment. Easy if you're watching, because you just put the comment on YouTube. But if you're listening and you want to leave us a comment, do it via Twitter. We have a Twitter account which we hardly ever use, but we will start using it. Oh, listen. You're going to have to either do all that again, I'm afraid, Elizabeth, <laughs> or we're going to have to explain this background noise. Because when I was looking into doing podcasts, you know, they said no background noise. Do it in a studio. Do it with the best mics that you can get hold of. Well, we've chosen to do it in the cockpit and we said right from the beginning, it's warts and all. And that includes all the ambient sounds you're going to hear in the background. Yes, and at the moment we're in a marina, it's right next to the airport, so there will be some aeroplanes going over. And when they're like that, we can just about get away with it, but the loud ones, we're going to have to stop, aren't we? We tried recording yesterday and there was someone was drilling uh, a steel metal plate and all you could hear <laughs> in the background was... <laughs> and uh, it, when you, if it was on video, you could get away with it, but if you were listening to it on audio podcast, it just wouldn't work. So we do apologise about the background noise, but... We feel, we feel that that's just part of the experience. Yeah, these, if you're listening, you're getting the same as, as we're getting, you're experiencing what we're experiencing. Going forward, hopefully, most of these will be done in beautiful anchorages. Yes, hopefully. Yes. Well, let us know what you think of the background noise by going to Twitter, as Liz explained. Yes. Using just our handle, which is at follow the boat. Yes, all one word, follow the boat. Yep, so yeah, let us know what you think and we'll at least check out Twitter. Um, Definitely. So I think the great thing was is that we, we covered off quite a few subjects, even though it was supposed to be just an introductory podcast. And it's great how people come back with comments on those different subjects. Can I just start with one in particular? Because if you didn't listen to the podcast, this guy pretty much sums up everything we talked about in his comments. Shall we go through his comment and react to it then? I think so. Go on then. So this is from William Pace. 
And I should just say, thank you, William, for using your, your name, because so many people comment who use pseudonyms or, uh, you know, code words for their names. And when I comment, I like to use their, their name when I reply to them. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I mean, some of them, to be fair, we do know who they are because they're patrons or they're FDB mate supporters, so we are aware of who they are. But many of them we're not. Well, there's nobody 46820. <laughs> he or she is always commenting. He says, Jamie, you've got the right idea. Easier to get alcohol under control before it controls you. Good call, hang tough. Now, this is, we were talking about me quitting drinking. But nobody 46820. I know. I don't know your name. I'm really sorry. Now, I appreciate some people don't want to put their name out yeah. there. But if nobody 46820 <laughs> wants to give us your name, I can at least reply. Cause John, Jane. They're, they're always commenting. Sebastian, so. Tarquin. <laughs> Tarquin. What a great name. For Tarquin. Tang, for Tang Ole. Biscuit Barrel. That's from Monty Python. So William says, I quite enjoyed your chat. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to read that line because it could either be I quite enjoyed your chat or or I, 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 quite, I, quite, I quite enjoyed your chat but there's a few things I want to get yeah. off my chest. Didn't really, only quite enjoy. Well of course it's a very English way of saying I quite enjoyed that which really means I loved it because you know we're so self-effacing and you know we, we're we're like that, aren't we, as Brits? Yes. If it was an American, this is why I think must be English or British somehow. If it's American, it would say, wow, wow, that was great. I really enjoyed listening to well, you. Maybe they are American and they did mean I quite enjoyed your chat. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, William, we shouldn't be ruminating on where you're from, but appreciate this comment. So he says, I quite enjoyed your chat. My wife and I cruised for almost 12 years, many people were very surprised that I would tell them it's not about the sailing. Yes, we did live and travel on a sailboat, but when asked if we wanted to join an impromptu regatta, we declined because who races their home? We certainly don't. We never do, do we? We're but, never the fastest, that's for sure. No, and I think, uh, I think our sentiments are the same as William's. But I think it does depend on your background. We know many Liverpool cruisers who came from racing backgrounds and they do like to race. We're just not some of them though, and neither is William and his wife. We wouldn't go out to a regatta, but if we were going from A to B with a couple of other yachts, then inevitably you're always looking to see who's going to get there first. One boat sailing, two boats racing. There you go. He continues, I don't know exactly what to say about being tourists. In some ways, the word carries the baggage of loud Americans raising their voices when people don't speak English, or lily-white-skinned Europeans on a beach wearing black socks. Not just Americans. English are terrible, aren't they? Oh, my word. I think you get, you get layers, don't you? Yeah. Every country has the loud, brash types. And as William says, they talk louder and louder because they're not being un yes. understood. <laughs> But yes, I think it applies to everyone. But the black socks and the sandals is very much an English thing, isn't it? I remember my little brother in his little socks and sandals as a kid. Oh dear, I wonder if we've got any photos. I'd like to remind him of that. <laughs> <laughs> now, we talked about um, what we called ourselves and he says, certainly travellers, sometimes voyagers, but always guests. Good point. Yes, I like that. We are guests in someone else's country and because of that, as guests, we abide by their rules, by the house rules, mm. don't we? So we don't take our rules with us, 
we do as we are asked to do by the hosts. Some YouTubers of another generation seem to think that they have some special privileges that make the world operate under their ideas of rules, laws, morals and lifestyles. If we wanted it to be like home, why would we leave home? Oh, there's just one thing I want to take up on that, and it's he's talking about generations, and I don't think it's just one generation. I think it crosses all generations, it, that, that kind of attitude. It's not just young or old. Yes. I mean, you only have to think of the uh, Brits abroad in Spain go on their two-week holiday to Magaluf or wherever it is, and uh, you'll always find them in the fish and chip shop or eating gammon and egg and chips for their breakfast. If you're not British and you don't know what we're talking about, there is a series called Benidorm, oh, yes. which will explain exactly. William continues, we behaved as our grannies would have directed us. Please and thank you, the first words you ever learn in a new place, and a quiet demeanour. You don't want to be the uninvited guest. So true, please and thank you. We always learn them, don't we? Yes, we do, Tara Makassi. That's Bahasa, that's where we are now, thank you. Although culturally, Southeast Asia, from what we see, they don't trip over themselves to say please and thank you like we do in the UK. No, but I think we're particularly mad about we, that. We are over polite, aren't we? All the pleases. I mean, the French, we always say the French are really rude because they just don't use it, but it's just cultural. Mm. They don't use those please and thank you. And we get very offended <laughs> when people don't use please and thank you. And we shouldn't be because it's not normal. It's, yes, but I, I agree with William, though. They are two of the first words you learn. Yeah. As to drinking, I really didn't, and many of our friends thought I might be a recovering alcoholic and would ask me how to moderate themselves. It was amusing, and it seemed to attract the very few recovering alcoholics to me, though my wife enjoys wine. It never stopped me from sitting at the table of knowledge at any pub, palapa, or impromptu yacht club. Now, palapa, new word for me. No, I don't know. It, it rhymes with kalapa, which over here means coconut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the right lines. Palapa, I looked it up, I think it's a Spanish word, and it's, it's just a gazebo. So you can imagine a gazebo on the beach, a palapa serving up ice-cold beers, oh. or, or maybe rum and coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it, I got it. So he must have been... Rum and calapa under the palapa. Sounds good. He must have been sailing then in Spain or somewhere around there, or maybe South America, could who be, knows? Could yeah. Central America. Yeah, Central yeah America. don't know. But he also mentioned the table of knowledge, and I don't, I never heard of this term before I started sailing. I always thought this was just a sailing term, the table of knowledge, or as it's quite often known as the table of misinformation. Or I like to call it the table of bullshit. Or the table of bollocks. Yes. The table of knowledge is any table where you'll find a bunch of yachties talking absolute shite at each other. And to be honest, it's quite often about toilets, isn't it? And why they're going wrong and how, yes. to, <laughs> and how to mend them. Uh, and it can get quite boring. You can get into the minutiae of nuts and bolts on any little bit of the boat, whether it's to do with the sailing bit or the engine bit. And I have been sitting at tables where people have gone on and 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 on about it. And I've had to go. I always had a rule one hour when you sat down to talk about the jobs you'd done that day because I think it's important to talk to other yachties about the jobs they've done because you learn so much from that. Yeah you do. But when you're sitting down having beer having done your work during the day one hour of talking about boats is enough for me that's it. Okay but you're talking about the boatyard where we were all... No um, even in here you know yes. even in the marina okay. uh, I, it's the same rule for me. Yes. There is a 
finite amount of time I can give over to listening to someone else tell me about how they've fixed their crapper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was a great email from William, but I do just want to finish on the, the, the a little sad bit at the end of his message. Our cruising plans had a big change two days ago when my wife fell and broke her patella. After refitting our new to us boat and being only two weeks from setting out after two years, presumably because of the pandemic, it was heartbreaking to both of us. So, as cruisers learn, on to plan B, version 3.13. Figure out how to get her on and off the boat and around when a walker won't fit in the companion way. And so he goes on. So, first of all, William, I'm very sorry to hear about your wife's accident. That's terrible. Of course, it's very, very sad. And I hope she is recovering. But he does sum up perfectly the attitude a livable cruiser has to have, and that is to be flexible. God, I mean, it is the absolutely, I think, probably topmost quality you need. I mean, we, the flexibility we've had to have in the last year. OK, this is unusual, but it's not just now. We've had to be flexible over the last few years because so many things can put a literal spanner in the works. Mm or a figurative spanner in the works of your plans. Um, when you're sailing, you are at the mercy of the winds and the trades, the monsoons and all of that. So quite often there are only small windows in which you, you have to get from A to B. Um, and obviously it's, it's the condition of the boat and what's going on in your private life. Maybe you've got to go back home. So many things come in and just absolutely cock things up for you. And you have to be flexible. You, ha you have to take that on the chin. Yeah. I mean, just take a look at our ridiculously always changing cruising plans. Yes. Uh, we just have to kind of roll with it, don't we? Yeah, we were talking about going to Japan, I think, five years ago. Mm. I did that video, four or five years ago, about how we're going to cruise there, are we going to get to Japan, are we going to go across uh, over to uh, Canada and America? And here we are, we're still only in Borneo. OK, COVID, obviously came in and, and cocked up two years of it uh, but sadly my mum and then my dad died and that cocked things up as well for us very sad but we got through that and so we things have been put back and been put back and now are we on track I, do I, I don't even begin to entertain <laughs> that question Scared at all there is no such thing anymore no there isn't so that was a great comment from William thank you very much we got so many other great comments and some old names as well. So Dan Culpepper and Jordan Flomads, they both commented on the fact that they used to love listening to our original podcast and were so happy that we're starting them again. Yes, and there were lots of other names that I used to have comments from all the time and I've had chats with. Once again, they're with us. It's really great. But one of the things that people talked about a lot was the statement that you've given up drinking for over a year. Mm. And it seems that... Um, really rang a few bells. Yes, I think it was Captain Sensible who said, um, please do talk about drinking. It's really going to help some people. And in fact, there were a lot of comments from people who used to drink and perhaps don't drink anymore, like Jamie Pando. Yeah, Jamie left us a, a lovely long insight into his life. I thought that was great. Yeah, thank you, Jamie, because he's, he's, he's basically quit drinking as well and he was saying how sometimes he feels that he doesn't get invited yeah. out to the to the yachty do's in the evening. I, you know I think that may have happened to us a couple of times here can't actually say that that's true but I just get the impression that a couple of things have gone on that we we, we haven't been invited to because it's been all about the booze. Uh, a little unfair because I do drink. Yes you, <laughs> you still drink. Yeah, yeah. I do uh, um, but good at the beginning because it 
obviously it wasn't easy for you to give up immediately. Now you're fine, aren't you? Yeah, we went out the other day for Sharon and Brian's combined birthdays and I, I stayed the course and I was chatting as much bollocks as the drunk people around <laughs> me. So, uh, so that was great. But th there was one comment here that I wanted to read out. It's from JT Bingbong. Oh, great name. Great name. I don't know your real name, JT Bingbong. But he says, my worry if I ever get to live on a boat like this would be that I would go into holiday mode and be tempted to drink every day. And it's a very, very good worry. And it's what we did when we first bought, well, when we first lived on Esper full time. I think we parted for two years, blew any savings we had, didn't do enough on the boat, you know, maintenance wise. And these are all things we've learned. We flogged her around the place when we could, went sailing, had a great time, then we'd get somewhere and get pissed again. So I think that's enough about drinking this week. We covered it off extensively last week, uh, but perhaps we should just ask people, are you interested in a video episode on the subject? Okay, an entire episode about drinking, history yeah, dr of... Drinking and sailing, history of... Yeah. Problems with, blah, blah, blah. Or will it sound too preachy? Probably. We'll try, yeah, we want to avoid that. So let us know by tweeting us at follow the boat, or if you're watching this on YouTube, then leave a comment in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. We read them all as you know, everybody. So right now, these aeroplanes have put the kibosh, literally, on this podcast because they're going over every minute and we have to keep stopping and starting. <laughs> so the airport's beaten us. So I think we should uh, finish the podcast now yep. and we'll finish with you telling us what you're gonna be doing for the rest of the day, Jamie. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good point. Well, I've got the battery cables for our new lithium batteries and I'm just thinking I need to start fitting it. I can at least put those in situ. So I'm going to have to drill through the 